can I hear you? Are you? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're a little rusty at this. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the show. That's a that's a perfect opening. <laughs> How have you been? Um, I've been good. How have you oh, been? Oh, wait. Uh, uh, good, too, but hold on. Welcome to the Content Minds. My name is oh my Ryan God. Broderick. I'm Luke Bailey. And uh, we decided to do uh, a special end of the year episode because uh, did we shut down the show this year or was it last year? I don't even remember anymore. I'm pretty sure we recorded a couple of shows in like January. Like I feel like January was the month that it was like, because we, we took like a month off for Christmas and then tried to come back in January and we we're just like, this is not. Let's let's check the There's old content feed here. It seems like the last uh, no no. Uh, so the yeah oh, I see yeah okay. So the last the last real episode of the content minds uh, was January of this year, which doesn't feel right to me. But that's what the feed says. So it seems like I don't know. Ever since about everything that happened before about July this year, it feels like it was three years ago. Yeah, it feels like a different year entirely. I, yeah. I've been looking at some of the beginnings of the retrospective articles coming out and like it doesn't make sense to me and i i don't know what happened over the summer that made me like bifurcate the year in in that way in it's my really brain, weird but it is yeah i don't know i can't understand it it was like a, a lot of the meme roundups have um point out that the, the kind of the first big meme of the year was that the woman whose name i can't remember an award show doing like a really terrible song the British lady doing that horrible song was she about British? Angela Bassett. I thought it yeah, was at a one. British awards show, wasn't it? I don't. I thought it was American. I know it's very, it's very sincere for a British show. I think that's why it. I think that's why it went so viral. It was. Uh, it was at the BAFTA Awards. Oh, so that was British. Okay, wow. But it was a American doing the horrible song. So that, that explains right. it. That yeah. explains it. Um, oh, but it was like, a woman from Hamilton. So that would explain. Right, okay. But like the idea that that was, honestly, the idea that was post-pandemic feels incredibly odd. It, it feels like a thing that should have happened before COVID. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been very surprised at the things that have happened. I'm also like, although actually, wait, I want to circle back to this idea of like the year being <laughs> split in half before we properly set up the show. I have a theory it's Barbie. I think Barbie actually broke, broke you, our you, brains. Barbie or Barbenheimer? Well, yeah, but I think like the the Barbenheimer thing happened at such a degree that like anything pre Barbenheimer doesn't feel like the same year. Okay, that's that actually makes sense because that was like July, wasn't it? Yeah, it started early. It started like in May, I want to say. It started at the beginning of the summer as people sort of realized that this was going to happen and this was going to be a thing. Uh, and and I think it was just too big. It was it was it was that's too interesting. big to handle. Yeah, that's my theory. Um, all right. So we are doing an end of the year episode, a retrospective, and uh, you had asked me if, if, if we were going to have a format for this, and then I suggested one, and then you ignored that entirely and told me that you had a grand unified theory of 2023. I don't, I, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, just to uh, shed some light on kind of like the conversations and the planning that, that goes into this, your, your format was like topics and personal best and worst. 
Yeah, that yeah. Was, we, that's not a format. That's not anything. We, I thought we would pick different that's topics. Just, no, no. I was like, I, I was saying, like, we should have some sort of construction rather than yeah. full freeform. Uh, like, have a list format, have uh-huh. something like that. And your right. response was like, what if we just do topics? I Which thought my answer we is do... like, well, how is how is topics not freeform? We'll well, I thought it up, could we'll be, just say topics. I thought it could be like different topics, like AI, and then we would do like the best and the worst of that. And then we would do like platforms, you know. Like, well, that was not that was not that was not contained in the format message that you said. No, I t- I t- I sent you that text going to the bathroom, and then I completely forgot the conversation. And then you emailed a completely different idea, which was your grand unified theory of twenty twenty three. So yeah. I feel like we should start there, and then we can go to my topics idea. Okay, let's do that. So, so my grand. Okay, hold on, Luke. Would you please unveil your grand unified theory of twenty twenty three? My grand unified theory of 2023 is that it is the end of the millennial era. Like it is the it is the end of something about m- millennial culture that I think is 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 I don't know. Something's happened this year, and everything bad that's happened has kind of been very millennial coded, and most things that are All right, I w- good have not been. I want you to show your work with this, but first I do want to acknowledge that like millennials, I make this joke all the time. This podcast was sort of almost created to make this joke over and over again. Millennials aren't actually that old. Like, I think the oldest millennial is maybe 40. The oldest millennial is 42. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I agree with you. We're, we're, we're real okay, old. Okay, no, no, but it's, it's not about the, it's actually not about the oldest millennial. It's about the youngest millennial. The youngest millennial is now 27. So the, oh. youngest, the youngest millennial is kind of no longer a young person by like some distance. I will say, when I turned 26, uh, you and I had gone out the night before, and then I woke up that morning and it was the first time I had ever had heartburn from drinking too much. And I thought, ooh, this is different. And by 27... Well, that's also a British thing. Yeah, but like I had never had that before. And then by 27, I feel like my brain was... I was beginning to lose my grip on culture. So, okay, I, I agree with you here. So, let's go through this piece by piece. What is your proof for this idea okay. that millennials are no longer in the driver's seat. If, no, to, no, no, to, it, it, before we even clear, argue if we ever were, to be honest. To be, to be clear, it's not that, that millennials are no longer in the driving seat. It's that millennials, like this was an extremely millennial year, and I think it's the last one that'll ever happen. Is this almost entirely to do with Taylor Swift, or, or are there other things? No, no, no. The, she is a good example. Like the most famous, the, the, actually the most famous celebrity in, I don't know, probably 50 years at this point, uh, is a millennial uh, who became time person of the year in which she did photo shoot with her cats. Yeah. Uh, said a bunch of great get, stuff about Harry Potter, which I get thought a, was said awesome. a bunch of stuff about Harry Potter and has a podcast, a boyfriend. Yeah. And they met because of his other podcast. Exactly. Like the entire thing is, is, is like extremely millennial coded. And as she is the person of the year, like, I think that is, that is super millennial coded. Uh, but no, I think all of the other stuff is as well. So I think both, I think Barbie is a really painfully millennial film. Uh, it has this, there's a particular kind of millennial. Um, um, did you see Barbie? I did see Barbie. Of course I saw Barbie. I, I saw it twice. We, it was pretty did, good. We not, did we not talk about this on the last outside episode? I ha- I don't know if I had seen Barbie yet, actually. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was earlier. I don't know. I edit the podcast and then I put them out and then they, 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 I delete the space in my brain for other stuff. But uh, yeah, it was good. Okay. So Barbie, Taylor Swift, what, what else you got? Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, sorry, just to explain that for people who can get it. The, the Barbie being very millennial uh, is about how the film is entirely based on uh, people making kind of 
it, it, the entire thing is very like constructed around identity, which is like the key millennial thing. Is that everything we, is tied up around identity. We love identity. Exactly, we absolutely love identity, and that, and Barbie was like a very very strong like example of that. Um, then the third one. Hang on, I need my notes. Sorry. Oh yeah, well the the, the other the next one is kind of just a very strong thing about the the entire Angela Bassett kind of like that meme that started the year. The Angela Bassett did this thing. That is extremely millennial. I don't know if the person who did it was a millennial, but I'm I'm guessing they were. But it also felt extremely sincere and extremely like identity based, and that's like very millennial. I uh, would also say millennials have like a, uh, an interesting fixation on award shows. Yes, absolutely, and that's we kind love of like award shows. The end of your thing. Then you've also got kind of the new uh, social networks that people are casting around for post Twitter, which are Threads and Blue Sky. Oh, Blue Sky maybe. Less I don't so want to. Do- I don't want to dwell on this too much, but. I should apologize for uh, writing off threads in our many conversations about it. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I don't want to dwell on this because I, you know, who can say um, who's right and who's wrong, but yes. uh, it, it does dawn on me that uh, you had the right take on threads and that I just did not see it. And that's my problem. I, uh, my, my fatal flaw is that I can't, um, predict what uh the lamest <laughs> people on earth are going to do on the internet and that's what happened with threads like uh but the, 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 la- the lamest people on earth are millennials and millennials absolutely fucking love it like yeah every time i go on there i'm I'm greeted by some 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 fucking millennial going like <laughs> hey i love hiking and burgers yeah. introduce yourself and i'm like oh I, I like i want to die i can't use threads because it's so deeply irritating to me because i am a self-hating millennial and it is such like a an intrinsically millennial pla- millennial platform in a way that like instagram also is like it has that kind of crossover yes it does i also will say i'm i know that i know that i'm being sucked into the meta trap because the traffic from threads is so good right now it's like an absolute <laughs> bonanza for garbage day and i know in the back of my head i'm like Th- meta's doing this to you they're gonna they're gonna suck you in and then they're going to take the traffic away and make you tap dance to get it back because that's what they do. And I know they're going to do it. But right now, it's it's a good time for uh, for Threads referrals. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah. But it sucks ass. It's a boring place to be. I hate using it. It feels like going to an office. It, 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 I haven't been to an office since 2020, but it feels it, it's, like... It's organized fun. Yeah, it feels like... It feels like drinking a free Lacroix in the waiting room of a tech startup's office every time I log in where you're like, Oh, this is nice. Oh, this is boring as shit. Actually. That's how I feel every time. Uh, although blue sky is completely pointless, like completely worthless and pointless. And like, I don't even look at it anymore, but, um, okay. So we've got award shows, Taylor Swift, Barbie, uh, threads. Uh, there what was, else? What else? There was, um, I think planet of the base was deeply, deeply millennial and was, is kind of one of the lingering cultural moments of the year. I am or, no, fast- actually no. It was it was okay. Yeah, no, sorry, you do your bit. Okay, I am fascinated by Planet of the Base, and I am flat. I am fascinated by the the guy who did it, uh, yes. Kyle Gordon. Uh, I I wanted to double check this right now, and I did. He is thirty years old, so he is directly in the millennial age range. Slap and. Man. Do you do you follow him in any capacity anywhere? Do you? I I, I explored his public persona as this went big. And I, I, I no longer follow him in any capacity. 
so as a as a as a painfully millennial person, um, I have gotten really into YouTube Shorts because I spend all sure. my time on YouTube now, and YouTube like recommends Shorts, and so I kept getting Kyle Gordon's Shorts like recommended to me, and they're they're basically the exact kind of video that would have been a like a full YouTube video of the same length, pretty much ten years ago. Yeah. Um, in fact, his entire comedic bit, which I think is fascinating, is a thing that we talked about on the show many years ago, which is that all modern humor is just an impression of a person who may or may not exist. Yes. No, it's 100% that. And all of his comedy is, I mean, it's really bad. Like, I thought, it's really, really bad. I thought Planet of the Base was pretty good. Planet of the Base, Planet of the, of the Base was absolutely, like, accidentally captured lightning. Well, I, I think... It is fascinating that he didn't really seem to get why Planet of the Base was he good, which no is no idea why it was funny. Yeah, which is like he tapped into like a very specific kind of nostalgia, and then the rest yeah. of his stuff doesn't really do that. Uh, I also stumbled across like a live video of him doing songs live, so he does like he has like an acoustic he, guitar. Oh no! So he, did you see the um, the really bad one, the Jonas Brothers concert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm talking about like a live show he did at the Laugh Factory because I think this. I, if you haven't seen this, I think it's a very interesting dimension here. And I don't want to be mean to this guy. Like he's, I, 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 I think he's funny, but uh, it, sometimes. But when he performs live, he does this thing where he's like, "This next song was written by," and then he like describes the character which, who is not like a real person. And then he like spins around and like comes back around in the character, but like he doesn't do any costume changes or anything because like that would be impossible. Sure. So he he just sort of like he like does a little flourish, and now he's like in character, and then he performs the song. But this but it doesn't make any sense because like all of his songs are specific like types of things that don't exist. Oh man, I feel insane describing this. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? It's shit people says. It's shit girls say. Again, yeah, that's all. That's and what it is. He's he's one of a number of kind of content creators, particularly around shorts, but also like TikTok, or it's kind of reels, kind of all, all the same like network of things, um, where people are extremely aggressive about doing oh this type of person. A bizarrely high number of those people are like this kid that you knew in school, and it's like that's one thing to do when you're nineteen or twenty and be like, remember this from a few years ago. But these people are 30, these people are 35, and they're being like, hey, remember this person you knew in school? And it's like, honestly, no, not at this point. I don't really remember much about my school days because it was a long time ago, and I have other things that I'm thinking about. And here's one of them, and there's a group of people who do that a lot, and it's been a very successful thing this year, but it's also very millennial, and it feels like, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking is like, it's kind of, this year has been the proof of like, millennial culture is like calcified and zombified and it is done and new things need to happen now like i imagine there was a similar moment in like 1994 when like nirvana actually nirvana the thing that came along that kind of did the, the, the post gen x i think that i think that's a fair assessment it's so funny you bring that up actually because i was i was literally thinking about this the other day where you know i went to school uh, on long island and i like fell in with people who like played in like punk bands or emo bands or like wrote for the humor magazine or wrote for the newspaper. And like, I thought I was like a fairly normal, if not like mildly eccentric person. And then I got to New York right during the, like the digital media boom. And I met all these people who were like obsessed with being children and like obsessed with being like, sub like the, like I went to like a party once in Williamsburg where like this girl, like set up a projector so that everyone could watch 
old episodes of Nick at Night, like Nickelodeon shows. And like, like it was like this peak boom of like relatable of the era of relatable content. And I thought I was insane. I like spent through, I think that's part of the reason why I moved to London where I was like, I don't think I fit in, in this world. I, I, I don't think I fit in with this sensibility. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Cause this is insane. Everyone is like pretending that they're 16 still. And like, and, and obsessed with like relating to each other and like their identities and all this weird stuff that was happening all over digital media at the time. And then it kind of disappeared because of Trump and it, 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 those people kind of like vanished. I, I, I should, I should also point out that when you moved to London, you also multiple times went to u- a ukulele night. Well, yeah, I like playing ukulele. I, en- I still have one. It's over there. It's, but this I is, enjoy. but this is, I think I feel like that is also part of the same thing. Like it's extremely well, millennial to was... like play the ukulele. Look, when you're an immigrant, Luke, you've got to <laughs> find any chance you can to make friends. So the, my point is, like, I feel like during the Trump era and then into COVID, all of those people kind of, like, didn't feel comfortable being basic and normy and relatable and identity, like, obsessed in public spaces online. And now that we've kind of gotten some distance from the calamity and we've moved into, like, other kinds of calamities that are like easier to 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 yeah. ignore to a degree those people are coming back no i th- i think it's like people are j- people it's not so much coming back it's just like they think this still works they think there's still an audience for this and i don't think there is i well okay let's no, let's move let's move to my my take on your grand theory because i i do think you're onto something Wait, but i th- hang on Hannah, can i do one more bit for mine is there well, no okay. no it's just it's kind of a follow-up of the planet of the base thing just, okay. just while I think about it, because another person who does a lot of the, um, this is relatable to kind of like millennial people is Sabrina Breer, who's in a lot of those, who's yes. in the, I think, I think it was in the third one. Sabrina Breer, by the way, um, she's very close to being every kind of woman that exists in New York. She's slowly one by one being all of the women. Um, all, the mille- will- all, all of the millennial women. Yeah. All of the, all of the millennial because, women how, because how i've she? just i've just looked her up she's 29 she is a okay. millennial okay there you go but the per the girl who's in the first one uh the first video who like came back and was like kind of the breakout star of it but who also treated the, she was great yeah, yeah. Treated the entire thing as a joke and has moved on entirely and would never mention it again because she's like why would i mention this again rather than attempting attempt to be the kyle gordon who is mining every single ounce yeah. of fake bros we had about it yeah she's gen z ah so there you go that makes yeah. sense Okay, wait. So here's here's my tweak on your thing, and you're. I think you. I think you're onto something, but I think I think you're a little focused on the generational politics here, <laughs> and I think it's blinding you a little bit because I do agree with you that we are at this moment where these these things that like haven't worked in a long time are working again, and and there's kind of this retro feel to something like Barbenheimer or Taylor Swift or Planet of the Base or um, what are the other big memes this year? It was like. Um, Oh, like the Grimace shakes, like stuff like that, right? Grimace shakes, yeah. Very, yeah. Super millennial coded. Yeah, because the millennials like love brand, branded fun. Um, yep. So, like, all this stuff feels like very retro, very early 2010s. But at the same time, we're also seeing possibly like the peak of Mr. Beast. Well, maybe Mr. Beast is what's coming next. Well, my read on it, my theory is that it's not so much that like we're at peak millennial, it's that we're we're sort of shifting back into the way culture worked pre 2013 Facebook algorithm flip. Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't see that at all. Cause I don't, I don't see Mr. Beast as being, he is not producing the same things. They're not working for the same reason that, uh, that stuff worked in 2013. No, no, like, but 
here, here, here's, stuff. Here, here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. Basically, if if we're if we're losing the digital commons to a de- to a degree, so Twitter is, I mean, the most racist place I've I've been since I Pretty used bad. to spend all day on 4chan. I mean, it's it's like the most racist place. Pretty bad. And there's so much pornography, like like insane amounts of pornography. Um, it's impossible. It is impossible to use it in public now. I can't like, use. A- I I, pull, I opened it on the subway today, and I was like, oh, it was literally a picture of a man eating a woman's butt out. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It was on the main feed, like, okay. and it's so and it's so aggressive because it's like you 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 inadvertently or or like half engage with one of them, and suddenly it's like, oh, I'm going to show you every other person in this ecosystem. Yeah. And you're like, all right, cool. I can't use this for a month now because it's, actually another thing that we another thing that we should talk about at some point today is kind of the onlyfansification of the internet. Yeah. Yeah, we got to go. Well, I think I think this is all connected. And I, I think I think I think I've got the missing piece here. So basically from like 2013, 2012, 2013, let's say 2013, the switch gets flipped on Facebook, mobile traffic skyrockets and the Internet becomes what it ha- what it has been essentially for the last 10 years. And then around 2022, things start to change. Facebook yeah. has like completely lost its uh, its its status to, to TikTok, which is a very different website. Mm-hmm. And Twitter starts to die. And now we are like a year into this. TikTok um, is dominant. TikTok is everything and everything is becoming TikTok or dying. And the main feeds that we use to keep our eye on this like digital monoculture, which was never that much of a monoculture, are pretty much gone. And they're probably not coming back. Yeah, I'd agree. If you think about stuff that happened before the monoculture, it was extremely relatable content that people would share with one another because it reminded you of your friend. Mm-hmm. It was and, and and not like share it in public, but share it with like people you know, right? It was stuff by like at that time we didn't really have like a, a Mr. Beast sized internet creator, but we had reliable places you could go to look at content, whether it was crack.com or Gawker. We had like digital brands that you would go and just sort of refresh. Yeah. And we also had essentially just like people taking marketing campaigns and turning them into memes because that's where all of the all of the resources were and that's who had the money to like cross the digital barrier. And if you think about the top memes of this year, yeah, they happened at award shows. They were marketing campaigns that spun out of control. They were people who you just kind of know do a thing that you can go check all the time. It was super relatable content. It wasn't it was like amorphous weird memes like the roman empire thing or girl dinner that like weren't really a thing but like became a thing through discourse like that to me is what i think is changing that's interesting so yeah i mean we've talked about this before but there was a very clear period of time when you could kind of yank the entire internet on a string yes um and buzzfeed was a certain amount of like finding out like how to do that and do that again and again and again and other websites did it. Some people did it for, for good. Some people did it for not so good. You, Donald Trump. But like the idea that one person could kind of do that thing and it would go everywhere and it would just, you could just yank it and say, hey, we're all going to talk about this now and that thing. I don't think you can do that anymore. Like I, I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that. And I think the fact that Mr. Beast doesn't do that either is a very telling thing about kind of where we're at. Like Mr. Beast can release a video and no, and if you're not looking for it, you won't see it despite the fact that it's watched by like 100 million people. The things that are popular, quote unquote, aren't specific anymore because they can't be because they, 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 
they can't they 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 can't fit into one shape into one box like it has to be a thing that you can make a video about on TikTok and make a thread about on Twitter or X or whatever or um talk about on the news like they they have to have a bunch of different entry points so yeah it can't be like this one weird looking cat is what everyone's talking <laughs> about now it's something it's like an umbrella so you have to create this like content umbrella like girl dinner and then underneath that, you can do all your different versions of it. It's much more participatory. And I think it's largely to do with TikTok because TikTok pretty much only promotes and incentivizes trend-based memes rather than specific ones. So like, you know, the guy who made mashed potatoes in the airplane bathroom this week. Yeah. I've seen a couple other people now like post videos of them making weird food in airplane bathrooms. And like, that's an exact kind of thing that you would see now, which is a very old thing. I mean, planking was like this because you had yeah. to create participatory memes that you could do regardless of platform or internet speed, you know, 10 years ago. And now it's the same rules again, I think. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're probably right there. And I also think that we've got to a point where there's kind of no meta anymore. And I think this, this is a big Twitter thing, which is that Twitter was kind of the, I don't say quite the gate for everything, but it certainly was the the main thing that, it was like a clearinghouse for everything. So kind of everything came through there and it was relatively rare that you would see something happen, that something would happen on another platform. It would never make it there. And now it, nothing goes there. I don't know. I, it's really hard to kind of keep up with what's happening because like, like that's the place and it doesn't exist anymore. On it's not happening on threads and it's not really happening on blue sky. So you're kind of like, Hey, I'm looking through TikTok, and I'm like, I think I'm getting a sense of all of these, these things, but you know you're also actually getting what TikTok's feeding you and not what it's feeding everyone else. So you actually, you know you're not getting that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it has been really disorienting to still, I still use X every day. I mean, a lot of people are leaving and they should, but I'm also a person who was like regularly checking 4chan for story ideas up until like 2015, 2016. So like for me, this is nothing new, uh, but it is a miserable place to be. And increasingly, it's almost impossible to use both in public and in private because I just get so goddamn horny when I look at it that I end <laughs> up losing six or seven hours to gooning. But I do think the the only fansification of it sort of like view like, OK, I think sex workers are great and I have no problem with sex workers. And I think that, like, actually, the Internet should be more accessible for them building their businesses. But at the same time, they have invaded X like a virus. And now I cannot use it in public without, like, genuinely possibly getting arrested. I, I mean, I, I think I think it's not just it's not just Twitter. It's not just X. It's also like every other platform as well. Like, so, yeah, again, kind of, you know, I think, you know, the model that the only the only fans has replaced is almost definitely and it, it like it's almost definitely an improvement like it is not the kind of like hey go to california and get paid 200 dollars by a sketchy person and like get exploited it's like it's much more kind of like uh there's a much better sense of ownership which is clearly better at the same time it also means that the same incentives apply to sex workers as do to like traditional content creators so what you would then end up with is people essentially kind of figuring out of ways that they can in a work safe way uh promote themselves onto and then some platforms obviously don't don't really mind it like like twitter which means makes twitter unusable but i don't know it happens with a lot of other stuff now that you just kind of you, i mean okay so uh, uh -oh. I, I am at a point where i would never engage with i would never like click on a tweet 
from a woman on like because if it is a sex worker, then yeah. I spend the next three days with a load of sex work stuff in my feed. And it's just like how do or we Or worse you, you you click on it and their pinned tweet is just like their asshole. <laughs> and like <laughs> like I typically check X like when I'm waiting in line for something or if I'm on the subway, like you know, you just pull it and you you look yeah. at it. And if you see somebody tweet about something, like in the jobs that we do, you kind of have to go like, okay, who is this person? What are they doing? This is this is weird. You click on their profile, and if they're like an OnlyFans model, usually their pin tweet is a, is a nude, and so all of a sudden you are the guy looking at pornography in real life, and it's it's happened to yep. me so many times that like I just can't do it any, I can't open it anymore. It's the same, it's the same exact process as it used to be when you'd check someone to see if they were a Nazi. Yes, exactly. It, uh, but here's what's really interesting about that, though. So, uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago. Basically, if you were minding your own business on the internet, there was like a there was like a, a, a sizable chance, like thirty to forty percent chance that if you like clicked the wrong link, you would end up like looking at gore, looking at nudity, or yep. like looking at extremists. And then we sort of pushed the wilderness back, and a lot of these platforms were like, "No, you can use us, and you don't have to worry about that." And obviously, it was never perfect. And most of my career has been spent poking holes in that and being like, "No, this is not true." But it is interesting to me that. Right around the time Elon Musk bought Twitter and decimated his community moderation standards, every other platform kind of fell in line too. And now all of the wilderness is growing back. And essentially, mm. if you use any major service other than Instagram, you have a pretty good chance of accidentally looking at some kind of deranged like white supremacist neo-Nazi who's verified and, and tweeting nonstop or a, 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 someone's asshole or literal gore now uh because of the conflict in israel and palestine yeah it's either literal and, literal or figurative asshole yeah no it's it's it is interesting that these these old problems are back yeah and it's also i mean threads has a similar problem like threads has kind of a similar like sex work problem in that a lot of sex workers use instagram as a kind of safe for work version of their only fans page which means they use threads as a safe for work version of their only fans page so they have a kind of a similar problem as well, which is like, yeah, it's very odd. And it's it's slightly, again, slightly better than the previous version, I think, but it's not good. And it's it's also, it's, it's also got this weird thing that the wilderness used to exist for kind of the sake of the wilderness. And now it exists for pure capitalism. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the gig economy of everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and it's kind of like, yeah, these bits where it's like, oh, there's something weird happening over here. It's like, oh, it's a scam. Or, oh, it's someone asking for money for sex work. Or someone asking for money for Bitcoin. Or someone asking for money for something. And it's like, okay, so we're just, we're just, this is what we're doing now? Like, it's just people yelling at each other for money? That, that's that's fun. Well, I mean, I think we talked about this, but right around the time of the GameStop pump, um, the mechanism for virality and the mechanism for capitalism got hooked together, and they haven't been unhooked yet. So, essentially... If you roll the dice to go viral, you have uh, that's directly proportional to the amount of money you might be able to make, and yeah. all like no platform has done anything to make that different. Uh, I mean, the only platform I think that that isn't really an issue is maybe Reddit, but there's plenty of scams there too. But yeah, it depends where you go on Reddit. But also, Google have now pointed their fire hose at Reddit for some mad reason. So, oh, I don't know, I'm, may, ha I, I'm fine with you. That. May not be I, you may not be following this. Well, the only I mean, the only things I ever Google are things for Reddit. I, I just, I just, I only use Google now I, to look up things on Reddit. I, I, I get that, and for you, that makes a lot of sense. But if I told you that kind of Reddit's traffic has been going up by like 
10, 20% month on month for a few months now, because of the way that Google has changed things, it means that you're ending up on Reddit, but so is like your mom and every random person around who's looking for like reliable information and stuff is now ending up on either Reddit or other forums. I'm sure that's fine though. I'm sure that's totally fine. That seems fine. Yeah, that's never gone wrong in the past. I'm sure that's totally fine. Yeah, it's basically it seems to be it's kind of a, it seems to be kind of a response to like AI that it's like okay, we'll use forums because they are a more uh, guaranteed version of like first person experience with stuff. But as a result, it's just ported everyone from news sites to Reddit, which I'm confident is going to be great. Uh, I'm sure in that's good. In eleven months, I'm sure that's really good. Uh, yeah, I mean the election thing is interesting because without really a prominent place for news anymore, it doesn't exist in this current landscape. I don't hear anything about what Donald Trump is doing. Like this may be different in, in the U S but it, it's, I no, man, I, I, I have no idea. I, I, I have honestly no idea what he's doing other than every couple weeks. I see a poll that says he's doing really well, but I don't <laughs> every, know what every, he's doing. Every, every, every week I see a, Every second week I see a poll that he's doing well. Every week after that, I see uh, a story about another court case that he is, for some reason, being convicted in. That, that's, that's exactly That, it. that is yeah. exactly the rhythm. Here's what he's been convicted of. Here's why he's doing well in the polls. And it's like, all right, cool. I, I assume this is happening. But, you know, I assume he's saying mad shit at his rallies. I don't really know. I have no idea. I am personally a big supporter of Vivek Ramaswamy because the other night he got on Twitter spaces with Alex Jones and forgot to mute himself and then pissed for like a minute and a half. That's good. Um, that's yeah, relatable. So, See, that is relatable I, millennial. That's concept. relatable. That's is he a millennial? I bet he is. Uh, he's he thirty. Like yeah, he's a millennial. Yeah, bang yeah, on. He's yeah, he's peak millennial. And yeah, I think that's super cool. Just get on a Twitter space with Alex Jones and, and piss yourself. Um, that's super neat. Oh yeah, Alex Jones is back. That's another. That's another tick for sort of like peak millennial, isn't it? He's he's very. Yeah. I mean, he's not a millennial, but he is very millennial. We love. He, but he has to. He has to sort of, you know. Uh, work his way around all of the sex workers in order to get any attention and doesn't That's seem to be true. I, I I feel very bad for him because he's coming back to a very different Twitter and I'm not sure if he's going to survive because um, it's he, he's got to show hole. Alex Jones needs to show hole <laughs> if he wants to get any sort of, uh, you know, cut through on, on this yeah, I mean, he platform. Do, he does love showing shirtless photos of himself, to be fair. So he's, he is part of that. He does. Do, he does do that. Um, in many ways, it's one of the most sensible things that Trump did was not coming back to Twitter because like... Oh, I thought you were going to say not showing his, 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 his shirt sensible. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I don't think... I don't think... <laughs> he wouldn't have the power to like, grab the entire platform by the throat anymore, I don't think. I don't think Trump would really understand how to show one of the four blurry screenshots of one of those like <laughs> very popular porn videos and then do a tweet that's like, everyone remembers one of these videos. Have you seen that po- like those posts going around? I keep saying it. Like, I mean, I, again, I assume they're porn videos, but I assume that also each time I see it, someone is changing one of the images to be like a meme. And I don't recognize but they the don't. meme. I, I don't recognize don't, the meme or the porn video. I'm just I, I don't. I mean, I do think there's something interesting in 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 porn content becoming more mainstream to a degree, just because of the dynamics of being a content creator, and it all kind of like becomes the same thing at a certain level. Like I, I did a bunch of stories this year about uh, porn stars faking podcasts to yeah. advertise their OnlyFans, and 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 I, I was able to find the company that was kind of responsible for all of them, and they're called Fanbus. And it was interesting, like going down that rabbit hole and seeing how they operate, where like they're basically finding like the bottom barrel 
TikTok stars that would have been like world star hip hop kind of kind of figures like 10 years ago and yeah. then just like filming them having sex with porn stars and it's like so grim and fucked up and bad but it goes super viral because like from what i gather younger internet users have absolutely no problem just like openly being horny on main at least some of them i guess but it's because they're, they're not horny in real life right yeah because they well they've never been outside before so yeah that's, sure. that's just how it works and I and I guess that's part of part of this whole like puzzle that we're trying to put together is that like there is just a whole bunch of internet users like who do not care being like super horny on the main feed anymore. And millennials were never horny on main actually. We're we're very bad at it. We're yep. um we're we're horny in real life, but we're actually terrible about being horny online. I mean it goes back and forth. Like if you're horny in public, then you're privately well, actually, I mean, there's there's a kind of a few theories about like the, uh, the cyclical nature of history. One of them is like sex and death are constantly inverted. So some cultures, like a, a culture like prioritizes sex for a while, but is very, finds death super taboo, and then it like flips and it finds death they talk about a lot and sex super taboo. So like the Victorians loved death, always talked about it, like it was like a big thing for them, but they would never mention sex in any any format, and that was like appalling. And then you go back to like the Georgians and they love sex but they don't really talk about death and, and it kind of like cycles through history like that and I think we're probably and in a bit of that and it kind of goes back and forth I subscribe to the baggy pants tight pants coolness mass appeal dynamic so basically yeah. at, at at the time in history the baggier the pants the more valuable coolness and vibes are and uh, the tighter the pants the more valuable mass appeal and like relatability is okay i don't i don't know 100 subscribe to that because like it feels like the strokes would be very vibe based yeah but the strokes were on the other side okay but we're okay think about it like a clock right so okay. uh we are currently about to flip over to baggy pants and, and cool vibes oh i think we're just we're just coming out of baggy pants like no 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 we're going into it and the strokes mm. were on the other side of it going into skinny jeans and mass appeal. So they were okay. like, they were like boot cut and like, and hipsters. And then it okay. flips entirely to like, um, fucking, uh, Netflix teen comedy era or something, you know, like the 2010s, right? Like, right, right. uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, Pokemon go to the polls. And then now <laughs> we're coming, we're coming out of that and going into like, super niche weird cool totally inaccessible pop culture like the 90s okay yeah okay i see that as pants get bigger i but i don't have skinny jeans anymore i got rid of them all so what you're saying is uh the next generation's friends is skibbity toilet oh man so i've had a lot of funny conversations about skibbity toilet this year uh i want to give a shout out to garbage Day researcher adam boomis who uh <laughs> caught that really early because he's gen z and i'm not and we had a lot of hilarious uh and confusing conversations about what that was because i had never heard of gary's mod before uh but i'm very happy that i got the uh the early kind of uh warning about that because no one no one of our age group and older was prepared for the popularity of skibbity toilet this year which I think is I mean, I think an awful lot of people our age group and older do not know what Skibbity Toilet is, and I think would look very confused if I said it to them. I I just say it all the time now. Uh, I just <laughs> I mutter it all. I just say Skibbity 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 Toilet. Um, yeah, it is interesting to me that that snuck up on people. Five Nights at Freddy's also snuck up on people. Like like yeah. 
I do think like the next thing, the next wave that is about to hit, and maybe this is tying into your grand unified theory is we're about to like see huge, huge manifestations of Gen Z nostalgia, like nostalgia for things that we have no reference for. And a lot of it's internet based. I saw someone the other day tweet, um, that Ray from Star Wars meant a lot to them because it was their, fa- their favorite character in Star Wars growing up. Bro, and that made me want to die. I fell down a rabbit hole about this on Reddit the other day. I came across like a vehemently defensive Star Wars sequels fandom on Reddit that is pissed that the Ray movie is getting moved for the Mando movie because they've been waiting for Ray to come back since they were a kid. Oh man! Which isn't it? Like four years ago? Like wasn't the last Ray movie? The first Ray movie was twenty fifteen. So they were like the last one was twenty nineteen, right? They were nine year olds. People who were nine when they watched the first Ray movie are then now like old enough to drink in the UK. Okay, in the UK, yeah, Uh, because yeah, because like Revenge, Rise of Skywalker caused the pandemic, right? It came out in twenty nineteen. Isn't that the thing that like did it? Yeah, okay. Um, So. Yeah, I don't have any, I mean, I don't have any reference for any of that stuff. And I find it fascinating. It doesn't like bother me because like our nostalgia was super weird too. But I think it's going to freak out a lot of people, particularly people who are like paid by media organizations to write about culture. And I think it's already started actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I think part of it actually, and this also speaks to my grand unified theory, is the kind of end of Marvel thing because Marvel is super millennial. I want to hold. I want to hold the Marvel chat to the end. We'll do content okay. to stay sane. Okay. But I agree with you. Uh, I've gotten to a point with Marvel where I can't even remember why I liked it in the first place. But we'll we'll get there <laughs> before we sort of like move over to that section. Is there anything else that we haven't kind of hit? Just do we want to do any AI stuff? Well, okay. So what what I will say is like, okay, I want to I want to try to put together everything we've said, and you tell me you tell me how I do here, and 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 if I get this right. So basically, millennials are are sort of cresting. This is our kind of maybe our last big year at at the front of culture, if if even that. Gen Z is like becoming un like unignorable. Like they're they're everywhere and they're they're driving things now quite a bit. And I the, I, I, I no I think it's not our crest. It's not millennials are not cresting. Millennials are like this is the last millennial year. This is like a calcified bad version of millennial culture. You can make the case that millennial culture was never good, but this is definitely the worst version of it. Yeah, we're like a SpaceX rocket exploding all over a small town in Texas. And a lot of the systems that we used for measuring culture, particularly, specifically Facebook and Twitter, don't really work anymore. And the media that we built on top of those systems are totally unprepared for finding things without those systems. So we're kind of like moving off a cliff in a really funny way that I think a lot of older people really freaked out about, but I'm very excited about, to be honest, because I think it's very easy to get like bogged down by this and feel very like depressed and and feel malaise about it. But there's like more stuff than ever and no one is paying attention to it, which I, I think is awesome. Like, I think it's really cool. Plus I was mercilessly bullied by uh gen xers <laughs> for most of my most of my teenage years and college years so like i'm really excited to be part of like a cool generation again i don't i don't think that's how it works like i i can be cool now right no it's the opposite did i miss it you've got you've got like 15 years and then you'll be cool again okay you but only if i'm oblivious to it 
you got to do the you got to do the Trump thing where you got to be like a weird old man that doesn't know that he's popular. Yeah, yeah, or um, uh, like Steve Buscemi in the uh, Thirty Rock yeah. episode. Or yeah, okay. I guess the last piece here with the, which we haven't really talked about AI, but there's like not really much to talk about with AI other than like it's here, I guess, um, and it's very popular. But I I do think a lot of the confusion everywhere else in the pop culture world is a lot to do with like Silicon Valley, just losing complete interest in social networks and putting all of their time and energy into these AI tools that may or may not matter in a year or two. Um, which I, I it, it's part of the Google thing too, where like Google, I have barred running on it now and it's, it's getting better all the time. Um, it's still not. Yeah. Good, it, it, it's definitely, it's definitely part of it. Um, is, I don't know. It, it's tricky to tell kind of how much of it is, a reaction to other stuff and how much we just like, Hey, AI could be something like it feels very much at the moment. Like everyone's running towards a possible gold rush without really knowing if there's any gold there, but on the way they're going to make it just a load of shitty things. And now we all have to deal with the shitty things. There's so many shitty things. Like it's awesome and amazing how many shitty AI things there are. Like everything. (sighs) I, I still don't think I've seen implementation of AI that I'm like, AI that I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I mean, I, I, pay for a bunch of them to mess around with them. And 11 labs is probably the best one. Like I think okay. 11 labs, the, the one that clones audio is really impressive. And I, I, I use it for live events. I like, I'll use it as like a demo, but it's not, I'm not using it for anything other than being like, look what AI can do, which, which is, I think the right. issue. that's, that's kind of it. And I know a few people who um, like use it to turn kind of, notes into like a professional email which i think is is a non a, a non-zero like it's, it's something but it's not like like world yeah. changing it's like just saving a bit of time yeah i mean i use otter which is a transcription tool and it uses an ai to transcribe yeah. stuff uh and i use i use runway which is a video ai and i did like kind of a cool thing where i took the garbage day logo and i fed it into the ai and made it spit it out as different like uh visual aesthetics and then I put them together in DaVinci Resolve to make like a little motion graphic of it like glitching and turning into different art styles. And I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. And that's like not something that I could have done without an AI and, I, and it, it wouldn't have looked the same. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think there's a certain amount of kind of, I don't know, there's a really interesting bit in uh, the 2003 Will Smith movie, iRobot. Uh, uh, the best. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Where the the robot, uh, voiced by Alan Tudyk, I think. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. S- like Will Smith says something like, "You're not a real, real human being. You're not real intelligence. Like you couldn't like paint a a, a, port, a landscape or or write a symphony." To which the robot's response is, "Can you?" Yeah. And I think there's an awful lot of it, like where AI is replacing what someone can do, but it's not replace. It's not a thing that no one can do. And I think I, I think there's I think there's a key difference there. I also think that like it's co- to go back to your big point here. If we really are on like the precipice of a big sea change, AI as this force that's codifying the shittiest, most basic millennial impulses online, <laughs> whether it's vector art or crappy SaaS services or whatever, I think that that is part of it. Or if you if you view it less as a a replacement uh, tool for work in the future, and rather a repository for the shittiest lamest most basic things of the past yeah that you just like want to be able to pull out really quickly like that to me makes more sense if if you were to say like i just don't want to do this 
lowest common denominator thing for my terrible e-commerce website. I'm going to have the AI do it. Like that makes sense to me. It's not going to give you anything new. It's not going to produce anything interesting. It's just going to, you know, like the 4chan raid where they figured out that Dolly 3 could make racist Pixar movie posters. That's uh, like an internet campaign that would have required like human beings being racist inside of Photoshop. And it was able to automate (laughs) that immediately. And so, you know, that's what AI is for. AI is for uh, mass harassment and racism automated super easily or, uh, you know, um, making really bad pornography, I guess. Like, but even that, I don't think people care about. I I, I don't buy into the narrative that it's going to replace OnlyFans or whatever, because like, that's not why people look at OnlyFans. Like, if you want, you can go look at a boob they, right they now. Look at, they, look at, they, they, they look at OnlyFans because they're constantly bombarded by it on every single platform they use. I look at OnlyFans because I've got to support my girls. You know, sure, they, sure. They, 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 they rely on me. Uh, as, a, as, as a millennial, you look at pornography in a progressive way. Yeah. Plus, plus, I mean, it's not my fault. I was, I was checking out cool podcasts on Instagram, and <laughs> turns out all of them are OnlyFans people. So now I just support them that way. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're ultimately quite right. And uh, I want to kind of end this with a, with a look towards the future. And so obviously I'd say that my big prediction is Gen Z nostalgia is going to, is, is about to hit hard and it's going to be totally disorienting for anyone over the age of 27. Uh, what is your big prediction for 2024? Um, I think 2024 is going to be a bad year for news publishers. It's gonna be so bad, dude. Like, be, I don't think there's, bad. I don't, I don't think there's been a good year for news publishers for about fifty years. Um, maybe, maybe Watergate. I think was the last good year for news publishers, or the first Gulf War, maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's. I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really weird post-search, post-social world, and I don't think we've really figured out what that's gonna look like yet. And I think it's gonna be a bit of a weird year. It is crazy how an entire an entire type of writing is pretty much gone now and only really being done by people on Substack. Uh, what, like blog writing, basically? Like in the US. I mean, there's now like a couple like worker co-ops, like the incredible 404 Media or the newer uh, gaming site Aftermath. And there's a couple of these. Defector is obviously a big one. I saw, I, saw a, I saw a sticker for Defector in Mascara Bar in Stoke Newington like a few months ago. That's cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. That is that is surprising. I didn't know British people could see our internet. That's that's interesting. Didn't know they could um, read. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know British people could read. I, but I, 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 it is sad that like there is just a. I don't know. I, I started to think about this during the um, the Osama bin Laden TikTok fiasco, where I was like, if if there were internet culture writers worth anything still left in any of these publications, like this, this would have not required me to debunk it. This would have already. This would okay, have been okay, debunked okay, out the I, gate. I also kind of think, like, I don't know. I, I still, I'm not convinced that that was not a, not a thing at all. I think the problem is that we can't accurately frame what a thing is. Well, like, that is true. We can't define it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And like, I just think that this, like, so much of what we look at with old school numbers is kind of like saying X many people read this, X many people shared this. And the reality is what we're, we're trying to kind of think about now is a little bit more is like scale is short like i'm sure there are a bunch of tiktok trends in which i i am i make up 20 views of it and i had i didn't even know that i'm on that trend like do you know about the the polish crawl cult 
I don't know about the post cool cruel cult, but they but like, like crawl around the mall. No, but like okay, so that but that I've probably noticed. But I feel like there are other things where it's like, hey, yeah, you've seen like like how many how many views do you think you contributed on TikTok to like Halloween tagged content? I have no idea. Oh, so many, right? But that's that's kind of it. Whereas the thing is, I would we're all part of it, right? And this is kind of what I mean. I think there's there's a real strange thing with what we're trying to use old metrics to measure, which is kind of like reach because that's how it felt like what it used to be and in reality even at the time you kind of knew like actually what you're trying to measure is depth and there's no real strong way to measure that on tiktok so when you say okay 10 million people have seen this osama bin laden trend if all 10 million of those people have gone like whoa i need to look up osama bin laden's manifesto because he might have been right that's an insane like the important thing compared to like a billion people have seen halloween content on tiktok which is like sure and I, i just think there's no way realistically with what we know right now to measure the difference between those two things well i think the other thing is that we are we're we're compressing the speed quite a bit because okay let's compare it to something like the anonymous mask right so the anonymous sure. mask starts to become like a thing online because of like um uh, v for vendetta memes on 4chan or wherever and it starts popping up in real life and it becomes like this thing where you're gonna see like a like a, a guy with uh like a stinky guy in a guy fox mask at some kind of protest you're at yeah, but originally that was because they were all occupying. There were no showers, yeah. rather than. Oh no! I but I mean, like you know, like a stinky guy in a leather yeah, yeah, coat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and he, sh- he shows up with a guy fox mask and like fi- usually fingerless gloves of some of some kind. If we had, you know, in the days following that, um, that that the Guardian thing saying that they're they're trending, if like Osama bin Laden's like letter had been printed out and like handed out at protests or something, or had like any real world crossover of any capacity be like oh yeah okay like this this is clearly like there's something here i don't know of what scale but like there's there's clearly some sort of connection here but if if the if the 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 issue is that like a bunch of uh extremely kind of uninformed tiktok users were like you got to check out this thing and the guardian has this thing and people are looking it up we can't, like we can't know if they it's like that meme where it's like I'm reading like Mein Kampf in public and shaking my head the whole time so people know that I don't agree with him. Like you can't know. Like you just and and yeah. I don't and and I feel like kind of insane being like if we're going to write about this stuff like it's a moral panic, we have to acknowledge that the the implied the implied answer, the implied result of this stuff is like increased surveillance and increased like content policing of people in ways that like doesn't make any sense i don't know like i i I almost wanted to like shake people at cnn and be like what do you want to happen here like what is what what is the end goal in your mind but 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 why why does journals have an end goal i think it kind of it ends up having one whether they think they do or not i don't agree that it does i think it does de facto have one but I don't think in practice that's kind of the thing that a journalist goes in thinking. I think this is an issue, though, because if if you think and, and I get it, like I, I, I've been in journalism school, I've been in newsrooms for most of my life. I understand the sort of like idea of the view from nowhere and the sort of like I'm just asking question things. And that, that's fine. I get it. I get it. But when you're talking about like whether or not a populace is doing something, when you're when you're talking about something at that scale and then you're talking about access to information on the Internet. Even if you think that you don't have an implied end goal, you end up having one. It was the same thing with Kirby doing 9-11 with AI, where it's like, well, right. so what's the answer here? Like, Kirby shouldn't do 9-11 with an AI? Right. Sure. But, but, but what, I, what I mean is, like, if you're looking at this and saying, like, hey, uh, it is a story that, like, 
But that's disingenuous. Somewhere, you know it's but disingenuous. Somewhere, but, but some no, but somewhere between tens of thousands of, of of young people and millions of young people are going, hey, Osama bin Laden had a point. Like there is something that is an interesting thing that is happening and just saying like but we don't know we don't know if it matters or not. It's kind of like not a I don't think it's a really strong like I like I'm with you on the kind of like I don't think we agree on this. Like you need to have a reason to publish rather than a reason not to publish. Like 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 we have that kind of same conscious thing but i think also like the reason to publish is like here is a weird thing that's not happened before that is happening to a significant number of people we don't know that exact number but it is significant i guess it's newsworthy i just i i feel like we've we've done this dance for so many years about like random shit on the internet like the momo challenge or blue whale or the nyquil chicken and like it's always the same thing it's always the same thing. And 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 I, I, I understand the like, is this a story thing? And you know what? If I had an editor still, I know for a fact that I would have had to write some fucking piece about it. <laughs> I feel like I should point out you did write a piece about this. I know I would have to. And at no point in the process would I have ever been uh, allowed to ask or allowed to even, you know, figure out a framing for like, okay, if if this is true, like how many people, how is this traveling? Like what is what is the ins and outs of this thing? And like that's what's getting me is because now we don't have a radar, we don't have a, a rudder, we don't have a I, what's another metaphor for this? We don't have like a uh, we don't have a, a good map. We don't have a flashlight anymore. Okay. All right, we don't have a flashlight, and I think that it is it is it is respond. I think it is worth you know in moments like this, especially when you know the White House is watching this stuff. When like like when you're part of a very, very delicate uh, geopolitical crisis to, 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 to take a second and be like, okay, like how many people are saying Osama bin Laden had a point? And like, yeah. does that sound right to you? Like truly, like be serious. Yeah. Look, I just think it's important that we don't give Yashar credit for anything. I also think that's good. I think that's really good. And I, I, I think... Because he'll, he'll never pay you back, aside from anything else. He won't. You know, he won't. He got very mad at me when I called him out about that. I also think that this entire thing eclipsed, like, the funniest part of this, which is that, like, the Guardian saw a bit of internet traffic and freaked out. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They, they saw a lot of internet traffic. Like, I know. But it's just very I Guardian saw... to me. It's just very Guardian to I, me. I don't know, man. That thing has sat on their site for 10 years and has gone viral like once every six months when someone goes, I can't believe the Guardian wants to publish Osama bin Laden. The amount of traffic they must have seen from that to delete that is like a lot. That's interesting. I, I sort of assumed that like it, it had done its like yearly like Osama bin Laden had a point traffic. No, and no, because was, of the 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 politics of the moment, they changed. They, they got rid of it. I thought that it was, was a, that. it was a lot more for a period. It was like the most sort of thing on their site. Do you do you know? Yeah, I know. Like oh, they, it was the most read thing on the site, and they, and they had to delete it because oh, they were like, that's... yeah. Were they were they running ads on that? Uh, no, I don't think they did. I th I think that they have a thing with like older posts they don't run ads on or something. Like I, I'm sure there's something like that. I can't remember exactly what, but I doubt they made money from it. All right, well, but still. hopefully, hopefully someone made some money off of that because that was a yeah. that was a that was a fiasco. Well, oh, I guess did. I should you, say you did. You wrote you wrote a post and you got subscribers off it. Like you made yeah. money. I should also say like Osama bin Laden, bad dude. We don't agree with him. Uh, and that letter is like a is, <laughs> is awful. Uh, it's bad. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he has Riz. Speaking of Riz, I guess there's no transition here. Hey, hey, Luke. Have you consumed any content to stay sane this week?
Uh, no, actually, no content at all. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've, text, I've tried to text you about content a few times, and you you have not taken the bait. Other than the new Menzingers album, which we had a brief conversation about. But yeah, you don't yeah. seem to be very content uh, f- filled this year. Um, I don't. Know, I'm trying to think of like what what the, the interesting stuff is that I, that I want to talk about. I mean, we should talk about Marvel and like where that. So where are you uh, in in the in it? What have you watched last? So I'll, I'll I'll do the brief announcement here, but I have in the last six months I've developed a different relationship with Marvel because I'm having a baby in three months, which right. you know, congratulations, you know about, you know about this. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, um, but it does make it kind of like me think slightly differently about like what about this is good, what's not good about this, like why do I like this, why do I hate this, and I think a lot of the Marvel stuff has been bad, but I thought the Marvels was really really good and fun and was something that I was like I just like enjoyed for the for the for what it was, in a way that I haven't really thought about another Marvel movie in quite a long time. I enjoyed the Marvels. I I thought it could have been better, uh, obviously. And I think it has new interesting problems rather than like the same old problems that Marvel's had forever. Yeah. I think the TV I think the TV shows are just a mistake. Even if I like some of them, I think it's just completely scrambled the ability to follow what's going on. I also think that like Infinity War into Endgame, turn the Marvel Universe into one story, and switching back to a bunch of different movies and not following that story anymore uh, completely disoriented me, and I've just never recovered. Because I was I was like, into that. I was into sort of like the Game of Thrones style of Infinity War and Endgame, where it's like a bunch of different pieces moving around towards some sort of end goal, and then they just stopped doing that. And when they jumped back into the movies, they weren't very good and they weren't really following up with anything I cared about. And they still have yet to kind of introduce anything that really matters to me. Yeah, no, that is that is exactly it. It's it's really hard to say that anything in the matters, that anything in them is honestly even interesting at this point. Um But I, I, I don't know, I do think there's and again, I think the Marvels is kind of the shining light here of like there is an interesting thing here that can carry on. Uh and I also think the um the 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 Spider-Man movie was also good but I think everything else in between that has been quite bad. Yeah. I mean Shang-Chi had a good t- first two acts and then it gets very dumb and bad. Uh I liked Multiverse of Madness but it wasn't like I knew I knew in my brain it wasn't good but I just enjoyed the the Sam Raimi direction so much that like I was having fun with it. I think I think one of the problems is they keep setting up the multiverse but they've set the multiverse up in like six different properties now okay wait we we haven't talked about this finish your thought finish your thought and then i have well well, because because like they've set it up in multiverse of madness they set up in in the marvels actually uh they set up in loki obviously um they set up in what else did set up and there's something else i can't remember now but but like it feels like they're constantly talking about like the multiverse it's like okay sure we know the multiverse exists let's do it now and it feels like they keep like hinting at it and then backing away from it it's like well why are we doing this then okay Marvel does not understand what makes a multiversal story interesting. And the only, there's only three movies in my mind that have successfully done it. And the first one is it's a wonderful life with Jimmy Stewart. It is the first (laughs) multiversal movie. The man jumps off a bridge and then an interdimensional being takes him to an alternate universe where he never existed. And he has to reckon with like who he is. Because that's that's, that's I mean, the, that. If you want to do that, then, it, right? then we're, ju- we're just doing a Christmas Carol. 
uh, a Christmas Carol, you could argue, but I'm not sure. Does he see alternate dimensions in that? Yeah, no, he, or is he it just sees different timelines. Christmas past, Christmas future, Christmas present, and it's like but those aren't. Versions. But he, but those aren't. Di- those are his. Those are his home dimension. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you enough. could argue Christmas future, but I don't think. No, no, because he he never leaves. His, he never leaves base reality. Okay, so it's a wonderful life. He sees an alternate dimension where he doesn't exist, and through that, he like discovers his own worth and who how he fits into the world. Everything all at once does this trick as well, and so does Spider Verse. They're all about using alternate dimensions to kind of show you opportunities missed or f- help you realize kind of like your own place in your universe yeah the problem with marvel's multiverse is that they're not doing that at all and in fact dr strange should have been that like the the multiverse of madness should have been like dr strange going to a bunch of universes where he never existed and then like learning why he matters they do the opposite but they don't even really do the opposite because you never actually see any of it you just like meet a mean Doctor Strange at the end. Yeah. None of the multiversal stuff is making the Marvel characters matter more or make you care about them more. You could argue maybe No Way Home, but not even really. Yeah. It's, it's, I know it's very weird, but the, the, it's one of those things that the more kind of the more, I just think Marvel's in a very odd place right now and it's only going to get worse. Like I think this entire cycle is going to be bad for some time. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's only once the, the, Gen Gen Alpha start getting interesting again. We'll get some better stuff because we got we got. I think we got some bad. We got a bad fifteen years coming. I think so too. You know what franchise though? I'm super amped about, and I cannot wait to see the new one of. Uh, what franchise? Godzilla. I fucking <laughs> love Godzilla. Godzilla is big and he is strong and he destroys stuff. And Godzilla can be silly and Godzilla can be scary. And I'm watching the Apple TV show for Godzilla, and it's great because Kurt Russell and. Uh, uh, U.S. agent, the guy, um, that actor, is his uh, son. Yeah, yeah, I know the guy. And they're playing the same character, but in two different timelines. It's fucking great. And it's stupid, and they're hunting Godzilla or whatever. I don't even know what's going on. But then there's also Godzilla Minus One, which is supposed to be amazing. And Shin Godzilla uh, is like one of the best movies ever made. And I'm just, I'm on a real Godzilla kick right now. I think Godzilla is the moment, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I can I think it's that. Yeah. I also... I think movies are back. I've been really enjoying like <laughs> movies again, not franchises, but like m- the killer was good. Uh, Don't leave the world behind was good. May December was good. So the Netflix movies are getting really good. Oppenheimer. I fucking well, love okay, it. Well, okay. What is, what is, what is your movie of the year then? What is the content that made you feel the most sane? <laughs> oh, that's, that's not the question. measure. That's not the measure. What's the, what is the, what's your favorite movie? I think it's Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was so good. I Oppenheimer like reminded me like what movies could be. I haven't seen Killers uh, of the Flower uh, of the Flower Moon yet, but I really liked Oppenheimer. I think May December was May December was kind of mind blowing too. Uh, it's it's a disgusting and grotesque film, but I, I highly recommend it. Uh, but no, Oppenheimer is a blast. It, I think <laughs> I, my, I think my, <laughs> no, I think mine was Oppenheimer as well. Like it was just it's one of those movies that like it took me like weeks to get out of my head. Yeah. No, it, I was just constantly like thinking about little bits of it. And it was, yeah, it was really something. It's really great. TV is not good anymore. I've noticed, but movies TV's are bad. good again. TV is like really bad, actually. I was really disappointed with the second season of Foundation. I can't get through the first. It's so, it's I, so dumb and like not even fun. Dumb. Is first, it worth getting through? The, what so? 
Foundation was one of my favorite book series growing up. Um, like I, I really loved it. Uh, so I was really, I was, it was one of those things that I was like, you cannot adapt this. This won't work. But they made a bunch of changes to it, which actually made it work better. And like, it was a, it's a proper like kind of looking at the book and saying, this is unfilmable. Let's take the spirit of it and make it filmable. Um, and I thought they did a really good job with that. Uh, in the first season and the second season, I started watching and I feel like I, I can't get past like, I don't know, three episodes or something. I don't know what's different about it, but I just, I never turn it on. And it's like, there's a certain point at which you got to just accept like, hey, yeah, you haven't quite nailed this the second time around. You know who is doing TV pretty good? Uh, Eric Kripke and the boys universe is honestly (laughs) a lot of fun. Gen V, I did not have any expectations for it. And I feel like if you're going to do universe building, that's the way to do it. Uh, I thought it was really clever. It's, have you seen it at all? Uh yeah no I watched the first season like, I think halfway through the second I think I have not gone no, no. to I've not gone to Gen V. Okay so so you oh you're not even up to date on the boys. I'm so not the even boys, up to date on the boys. The boys starts kind of silly and it starts to evolve into like a RoboCop level satire that is like <laughs> ultra violent and really like a real like like late eighties early nineties like splatterpunk satire that I really appreciate and right. then Gen V goes in a completely different direction and it's it's great. I, I, I really, in fact, I think it's actually made me like Marvel less because I was watching Gen V and Loki week to week and I was like, I don't give a fuck about Loki anymore, even though I, you know, the ending was fine. But Gen V, I, I was all on board for. The ending of Loki was fine, but I was just like, I don't know why it took two seasons of like, I don't know how many episodes it was, like 50, it felt like 50 episodes. It wasn't. It, but however many if only, if only there was a way to have condensed that story into a two hour two and a half hour uh single episode of a long tv show what do you call it is it a movie i guess i guess that would have been like like a super episode sort of thing yeah i think you actually could have very easily told that story uh in a movie and it would have been pretty good actually all all the stuff all the like promo that tom hiddleston was doing around where he was like yeah no it's the completion of a story that i've been telling with this character for uh, 12 years or whatever and i was like uh, buddy, this has not been the conclusion of the story that I think you thought you were going to get to. I mean, it's also very clear that like they use it to write out, possibly write out Kang, and it's and I I, I think I, I don't I don't see Kang going forward, but that's just my personal opinion. That's not based on anything, but I don't no. just I don't, just I don't, see, I, don't see, I don't see I don't see how they can Carol with Kang. I mean. Is there anything you're excited about in the world of content uh, for next year? Um. Next year, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm no, trying to think. I'm not interested in content. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to steer away from franchises a bit because I just, I'm less interested in them now. Yeah, me too. Is this what growing up is? Are we growing up in our thirties, or is it, is it the hey, culture has changed? Hey, do you want, do you want something terrifying? Uh, yeah. When my uh child is born next year, uh-huh. uh huh. It will be fifteen years since the first, since the Iron Man came out. When we were born, it was twelve years since the first Star Wars came out. Oh, I yeah. don't, I don't appreciate that. Is that why you're naming your baby Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful to think about, though. Yeah. Uh, like I, this is one of the things that I've been thinking about. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be so great to be like show these movies. I was like, I was like, wow, these movies are gonna be even older than like Star Wars was to us. I mean, the original Iron Man makes zero sense in the context of both our world and the Marvel Universe now. That's like true. Like zero. Yeah. 
I'm excited for content. I think, I think I'm excited. I think I'm excited to watch less TV. It's already happening. There's like less and less mm-hmm. shows mm-hmm. and the ones that I'm binging, like don't, don't even exist in my brain anymore. Uh, the week to week shows I'm really appreciating. And, and I'm remembering what it's like to watch TV on a normal schedule again. And I'm enjoying movies again. I'm also yeah. playing video games. Uh, I bought a steam deck. So I've been, okay. I've been, I've been gaming. Um, turns out, uh, this little franchise called Metal Gear Solid. Uh, never played one before. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, highly recommend. That's good. I'm just skimming through the movies the next year, and I think the only one that jumps out as being interesting is the second Dune film. The second Dune film? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. probably that's probably gonna be pretty good, isn't it? And I don't think anything else is kind of like. Are you looking forward to Craven the Hunter? Uh, well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna save it uh, until. After I've seen Madam Web and decide, you know, if I want to see Craven, I can't believe they're making. I mean, but we know what's happening, right? We we know that they're making all those movies so they can come into Spider Man Four and he's going to fight like a multiversal Sinister Six. Yeah, but which is stupid and dumb, and I don't like any of it, and it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's just that's it's what's going to happen. It's just homework at this point. It is just homework. What about what about other content? What was your favorite album of the year? Oh, that's a great question. Um my favorite album of the year. It is so weird to think of music like coming wait, wait, who, out. Who is, who is top of your Spotify rap? I don't think I know this. Oh, uh, well, every year it's the Mountain Goats because I put them on and just have them play as background music. But the 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 artist that I discovered this year that was in my, my the new artist that I discovered this year that was in my Spotify rap was Emperor X, who kind of sounds like the Mountain Goats, but he's got more, he's like a, he's like a guy who lives, he's an American guy who lives in Berlin. And I actually saw him live this year and he's great. You would actually probably really like him. Um, he's got like a bunch of songs about like being a communist living in Berlin. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's good stuff. What was your uh, album or artist of the year? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure my artist of the year was Taylor Swift. Um, after that, it was uh, The National, um, Boy Genius. Uh, what was the other one? Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the list now. Spanish, Spanish, Spanish Love Songs was number five. Oh wow! Are you running a coffee shop in North London? Well, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, yeah. Um, uh, Spanish love songs—they had a good album this year. They did. I think my fourth might have been Olivia Rodrigo. I, you know, I have no issue with her, and uh, the people who <laughs> like her, I'm glad they like her. But I, I'm just—I'm—I've lost my optimism. I think. I think. I think it's just—it's weird. I haven't lost my like love of alternative music or like the music that like is happening outside of mainstream culture, but I, the optimism that I had in the mid two thousands and the 2010s is completely gone. I just don't have okay. it anymore. I think, I think if I had to pick an album. I think it would be the, 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 the national kind of double album. Thing. I'm glad that, that you're fun. having a baby because you are listening to dad <laughs> rock all the time now. So that's, that's very well, fitting. Yeah. No, I, I, I really regret. I was at one of the shows out in Ali Pali and I regret not getting one of the, the that's the Alexander movie. palace for Americans yes. listening. Uh, and I really regret not getting one of the hoodies that just said "Sad Dads" on it, which I thought was great. Yeah, that'd be perfect for you. Like, yeah, is that, it's good. great. It's great merch for them, I think, as well. Uh, okay, last question. Uh, breaking the content theme of this section, but last question: If this podcast were to come back, what would you do differently? Uh, I need a different co-host. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think definitely guests to break it up. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I honestly, I honestly can guess. I can guess is the number one thing, like. I think that we have said all of our thoughts to each other um, and we're just, we're circling on again. So I think the number one thing that we, if we were to do this again, it would be, it would be need to be based on guests. Yeah. We'd have to do guests and probably like, probably like a more coherent 
format. I don't know, maybe less episodes. We were doing like one a week for years. Yeah, it was a really long That's time. Too it was, much. It was like almost I, two full years. Yeah, I would do like two a month and make them longer and have guests. I think. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, you'll have plenty of time to podcast once the baby's born. That's um, what I hear. So babies love yeah, podcasting. I mean, baby love baby baby love podcast. Baby yeah. baby love podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want this show to come back at any kind of regular uh, <laughs> interval, uh, let us know. Um, I think actually the the kind of rut in tech that we took uh, a break from is gone. Actually, it's moved on. Yeah. I feel like there's more interesting stuff to talk about now, and I am not opposed to figuring out a way to bring the show back. But yeah, I would I would want to fix it up a little bit. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and maybe we'll be back in the new year. Who knows? Um, maybe maybe baby can be the th- <laughs> maybe baby Iron Man could be the the third the third. Co-host. Maybe maybe. All right, bye guys. See ya. Bye.